Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Hold Up, Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole. And before I even start this episode, let me explain why I've been basically in a hiatus. I don't want to say that life has been super crazy, but I'm just going to get into it. Work has been slow. For those of you who don't know, I am a server. And if you work in hospitality, you will know that there are busy seasons and slow seasons. And I am currently in slow season. And my birthday just passed October 10. I did intend to post an episode on the day of my birthday. I really tried my friends. I'll get into that later, but I wasn't able to. However, I turned 30. And I really wanted to have a big birthday. However, my birthday always falls around slow season because people typically go back home from vacation or kids are back to school or families are saving up for the holidays. So people aren't really going out to eat as often. So I was really stressed for weeks, not knowing if I was going to be able to afford to do anything like extraordinary for my birthday. Because just a few months ago, I just went on a big trip to Dominican Republic with my boyfriend. So for the past few weeks, I've just been so focused on working and doing doubles and hustling for shifts, you know, because I knew I was going to do something for my birthday. I was trying really hard to make sure that I was, you know, up to date with my schoolwork, studying, making sure that I submitted assignments early just so that I wouldn't fall behind. And then next thing you know, Hurricane Ian came to motherfucking Florida. Now, I have to say right away, I am very grateful because of where I live in Florida. I'm more central. So even though the hurricane did pass through central Florida, it didn't really create as much destruction in the area that I was in than other areas. So I mean, prayers out to those who live out in Fort Myers, Naples. I mean, there are people that literally have no homes. And it's so sad. And even some of my co-workers in the neighborhoods that they live in, although are still considered in the Orlando central area still got hit with some flooding and power outages. So you know, thankfully, That didn't really happen to me, but um, it did affect school for me and work for me because, you know, we have been slow to begin with, but I think it caused an even bigger decline in our business because, you know, people were just so focused on rebuilding after the hurricane, saving up their money, going back home, trying to escape it all. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of been like one thing after the other. So instead of like focusing on creating content, I've sort of just been focusing on life stuff. So forgive me for not posting. Um, But of course, we're back at it again. I feel better than ever. I'm ready to tell you all about my trip. So let's start from the beginning. Okay, so we flew Delta from Orlando to JFK, JFK to Athens, Greece. And let me tell you something, the trip, the flight from from JFK to Athens was a fucking nightmare, okay? I don't want to like get too stuck on this, but like, let me explain. When me and Arnaldo bought our flight tickets, me and Arnaldo really wanted Comfort Plus. Now, Comfort Plus is kind of considered like business economy, if you will. It's not first class, but it gives you like a little bit of extra like room and a little bit more like benefits as far as like early boarding things like that right but those tickets were apparently sold out and delta one which is basically like first class was literally like five grand a pop per ticket which is like we ain't got money like that so we ended up doing like coach like economy in the back of the plane right which for me i can rough it up i don't give a shit but Arnaldo, on the other hand, is over 6'2". So homeboy needs legroom. So we ended up paying like $100 extra to sit basically like, okay, this is going to be a little bit hard to explain. Not really, but just follow me. You know how like when you get on a plane, especially when like planes kind of get divided into classes? Because I know JetBlue is kind of just like one row plane because every seat is basically like coach with a little bit of a leg room. Well, Delta is kind of like divided into sections. So you have like first class in the front of the plane. Then you have Del- um, Delta Plus, which is kind of like a business first class. Then you have Comfort Plus, which is kind of like the business coach, whatever. And then after, before that, 
is going to be like all of like coach. So right in between each section of the plane, there's like that wall that separates each class and then the first row of seats. Now those first row of seats will give you a little bit more leg space, right? But in order to book those seats, you have to pay extra because it's closer to the exit and it has extra leg room. So even though we could only afford coach seats, we paid an extra $100 to sit in that row so that he would have extra leg room. Again, my man is mad tall, like he needs space, especially on a nine hour flight. Okay, because that's how long it took from JFK to Athens, Greece. When we get on the motherfucking plane, I notice our seats are not where we paid for, but basically in the middle to the back of the plane. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a motherfucking Karen because at the end of the day, I'm still in coach. But I ended up, you know, pulling a stewardess aside and I said, hi, I'm not complaining. Um, but, you know, these seats that we have are technically the seats we paid for. She's like, well, what did you pay for? And I told her, well, we paid to sit basically in that row, like in the front where the wall is because we need extra leg space. I mean, Arnaldo literally has to duck his head when we fucking get inside of a plane sometimes. And she's like, um, well, those seats are taken and um, let me see what I can do. And I'm not going to lie. She was kind of like mean about it, but I just kind of like let it slide because I figure, you know, it's going to be a long flight, whatever. Let me just remain calm. We sit in our seats and immediately Arnaldo's uncomfortable. He's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, my knees are basically about to hit my chest. Like, this is not okay. Like, we need to figure something out. So they finished, like, boarding the plane. But the girl that told me she'd get, like, the one, the girl that said that she'd get back to me never did. So I'm like, okay, cute. So then I pull another person aside and I said, hi, listen, I spoke to this one chick wearing the pink dress, whatever, and, like, basically explained to him what was going on. And he was like, well, let me see your ticket. So I showed him the ticket and he's like, well, um, there's nothing that we can really do. Those seats that you claim that you, we didn't say claim the word claim, but he basically was like, you know, the seats that um, you're describing are taken at the moment. So there's nothing we can really do. I said, OK, well, is there like any seats up in the front, you know, like even just for him? Because I don't care. Like, I'll sit back here. I'll just spread out on his seat. But if you have something up ahead that would allow him more leg space you know that would be better like we just want to be comfortable on this flight and we paid extra to have that extra leg space like why the fuck are we sitting in the back of the plane you know and he's like well there's nothing we can really do there's nothing up there the flight is full and I mean we, the best you can do is basically ask for a refund and then walk the way so I'm just like oh my god like imagine that shit imagine that you paid extra to have a little bit more leg space on a fucking nine hour flight across the ocean knowing that no one is here to help you and basically is telling you to fucking deal with it. So I try not to be so much of a brat because I try to remind myself like, okay, Nicole, you're about to go to Greece. You're about to celebrate your 30th birthday, like positive vibes. Like you don't want to be all negative on a nine hour flight. Like you got to make the most of it. Right. So I said a little prayer, went on my phone, literally went to Delta customer service on the, on the chat, ready to like, basically like fume out um didn't really go didn't really work out because I eventually lost service so I couldn't really talk to anybody so we just had to deal with it whatever so we just kind of like continue with the flight and then all of a sudden not even an hour in there's a baby two seats behind us crying no no not crying screaming screaming I tell you for the next eight hours of that flight was that screaming baby. My friends, my choice of liquor is tequila, vodka, maybe rum occasionally. I'm just now starting to learn about whiskeys, mainly for my job. But it's not the thing I grab first when I want to drink. And on top of that, let me just say as a disclaimer, I think the last time I ever drank Jack Daniels was when I was literally 21 years old. When I tell you I had four mini shots of Jack Daniels on ice for the next like like remaining of my trip, that is my choice of drink. I didn't even drink water. I literally called the flight attendant and I was like, I need a drink, please. I need Jack Daniels. And literally as I'm making the request, the guy like as I'm making the request, the baby is still screaming. I tell you that fucking baby that was screaming was possessed 
That child was possessed. And I wasn't the only one who felt this way. There were people in other rows, basically like shushing the baby, other people making comments like, oh my God, quiet your baby. And the thing is, like, I try to have empathy for women who have to deal with that or even parents because I get it. Like, no one wants to be that person. If they can control their child and if they can have it in a more, like, if they could be more comfortable in a flight like this, I'm sure they would choose that route. I completely empathize with that. However, I mean, I don't think, I don't know, like it's hard because I'm not a parent, right? So I need to be very careful when I make comments like this. But my goodness, like when I tell you, like it got to the point where I was just like, are you even trying? <laughs> like, are you even, tr because the thing is the baby would be quiet and then we'll continue to scream. And it's like, anytime I would ask for a drink, they would bring me two little liquor, two little liquor bottles because it's like I needed something to calm my nerves. And it made me want to cry along with that child because all I kept thinking is these are not the seats I paid for. These are not the seats I wanted. Why am I sitting here? Why am I here? Like, I'm not supposed to physically be here. Like, I remember I had to use the bathroom eventually. But the bathroom to the line, like the line to the bathroom that was in my section was full. So I was like, bitch, I don't fucking care. I'm going to walk to the next section. And when I walked to the next section of the flight, it's like so quiet and like dark and calm. And I just see the first row of people spread out with their legs out with their face masks and blankets. And I'm like, like I just wanted to fucking wake everyone up and fucking scream because I was so upset that that wasn't me because I paid for those fucking seats and I couldn't sit where I wanted to sit. Like, oh, my gosh. When I tell you that flight was so long, it was the longest flight. And keep in mind, my flight back from Athens to America was instead of JFK, we stopped in Atlanta. And then from Atlanta, we came to Orlando. That was our layover. My flight from Athens to Atlanta was about 10 hours and a half. I feel like that flight went by quicker, went by faster than the flight from JFK to Athens. And that was nine hours. If that says anything, imagine nine hours of screaming confined in a small seat with a screaming baby literally behind you. My friends, I wouldn't wish this. Well, I think I would wish that on my worst enemy. However, it's just so upset. But again, I kept praying and I kept thinking like, you know what? Like it's going to be fine because only an X amount of hours I'll be in Greece celebrating my birthday. Guys, I needed to share that traumatic experience because it's just it was a lot so anyways so we get to Athens and we checked into our hotel now one thing I would say about Athens is that it's very city-like and it's a little dicey and what I mean by that is that it gave me very like New York vibes but like maybe you should have walked down certain streets at night by yourself vibes um, but I always feel safe when I travel with Arnaldo and I know that sounds very damsel in distress but like to be honest like me and Arnaldo don't really look American. And what I mean by that, it's like we don't look like the quintessential, like white, blonde hair, blue eye, you know, American. I think like the perception of what foreigners think Americans look like, right? People can assume that we are either by the way we speak or by the way we dress because of our clothes or whatever. But for the most part, anytime people meet us, they always ask where we are from. Obviously, it's because, you know, I'm tanned, Arnaldo is tan, Arnaldo's tall with a dark beard. I mean, anytime they see Arnaldo, no matter where we travel to, they always think he's Arabic or like Muslim or something, which honestly, I kind of low key love because nobody really messes with us. <laughs> like we never feel like compromised or questioned. Like we always are like welcomed with open arms no matter where we go. You know, like no one really makes an assumption that you know, we are like, I don't know, anything negative or anything like that. Um, which is kind of ironic that we experience the least amount of racism when we travel. I feel like I've experienced more racism in America than anywhere else I've ever traveled to in this world. And like, low key, that says a lot about our country. But let's not get political. So Athens. So we stood at the Wyndham Hotel, which is kind of like near like this center area square, which is where like 
um, a lot of the metro stations are. It, I wouldn't say that it was near all of like the restaurants and bars that Athens are mainly known for. So we didn't really get the whole authentic Athens experience because, you know, arriving to Athens on the first day, we arrived like around nine o'clock in the morning. So we were extremely jet lagged, extremely exhausted. And we wanted to explore, but we still wanted to make sure that we checked into our hotel. And because we arrived so early, our room wasn't ready. So we had to grab some food nearby and make sure that, you know, our stuff was safe. So we were kind of like lugging it around. But we went to this like, cute restaurant. And I mean, I had moussaka for the first time, which is a very traditional Greek dish, which is basically like a layered dish of eggplant, beef or lamb, depending, you know, how they make it. And like, um, like roasted potatoes on top. I don't know how much trouble I'm going to get into by making this next statement, but it kind of reminded me of shepherd's pie with eggplant, but it was delicious and I loved it. And of course, you know, your girl had to get french fries with tzatziki sauce because I feel like that's pretty traditional too. Um, but the food was amazing and I loved the prices in Athens. I mean, like every dish that we saw on the menu was between nine euro to like 12 euro and the portions were like enormous which I absolutely loved because if you think about it in theory that's like way cheaper than the food in America and like this is like authentic real delicious ingredients you know what I'm saying so we loved that right away we checked into our hotel and we had meant to go to the Parthenon which is basically like the ruins the main um I'd say like I want to say standpoint of Athens but like when you look at the Acropolis and you see like the big ruin, you see the Parthenon, which is like the big building with the huge pillars. I hope I'm explaining that right. Um, and I definitely wanted to make sure we did that. But when we checked into the hotel and laid on that bed, child, we must have slept for five fucking hours. But it was still light outside. So we were like, OK, fuck it. Like, let's still go to the Parthenon. Let's take some pictures. Let's go explore. So we take a cab to the Acropolis. We walk up this fucking giant ass hill up to the top only to realize that the gates to the Parthenon are closed. Cute. Apparently they close after sundown. It was still light outside, but technically the sun was setting. And I guess just for safety reasons, they closed that area. So we weren't able to walk up to it. But luckily there was like a little hill to climb next to it that allowed us somewhat of a view of the entire city of Athens, plus the Parthenon, which was kind of cool. Now, just for, free for, just for reference, as I'm like telling you all of this, I have posted so many highlights, so many photos from my trip to Greece. So if you want to have an idea what I'm talking about, because I will be going in order throughout this entire uh, podcast, make sure you go on my Instagram at Nicole Asif, hit the Greece highlights, which will be the first on the list on my profile, and you'll go ahead and see all that I'm talking about. So after we did that, we kind of like walked around the area. We ended up going to this bar. Now, it's so funny because every time we travel, Arnaldo always requests a Lamborghini shot. Now, apparently years ago, before me and Arnaldo ever knew we existed, he had went to Vegas with his friend and ordered a Lamborghini shot, which is basically a shot that you take that gets lit on fire and you had to take it super fast. And every time we travel, he always tries to request for this shot, you know, but there are bartenders that don't do it or don't know how to do it or know how to do it, but don't have the ingredients to do it. Like, it's always like an issue. And sometimes like after a while, I've sort of gotten annoyed with him for requesting for this shot because it's like he tried to ask for this shot like in Italy. And I'm like, bro, just order a glass of wine. Like, why are you trying to order a Lamborghini shot? Like, calm down, you know? But we go to this restaurant and the guy's like, well, I can't do it as a shot, but I can make it as a drink. And for a moment, I was thinking, I don't think this guy knows what we're talking about. And when I made that comment, he looked at me, he's like, I know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, shit, my bad. <laughs> and he did it. He fucking stacked up a bunch of glasses on top of each other, put like a bunch of liquid. I don't know what the fuck it was. I'm sure it was like 100 proof alcohol and like lit up the thing I don't know what the fuck he did he did like basically a science experiment in front of me but he lit the entire glass sculpture he created into blue flames and it was amazing I've never seen anything like that not even in Vegas okay and it was just awesome again I have it all on my highlights so make sure you check that out but for the most part Athens was really fun the real fun was going to start the following day, which was when we were traveling to Mykonos. Now, 
we go back to our hotel room, sleep, wake up the next day early as fuck to get on a ferry to head over to Mykonos. Now, the ferries in Greece, it's so funny because if you've ever seen the movie Mamma Mia, there's a scene where the main character's friends are traveling from, I don't know what part of Greece, over to the island that, you know, the main character lives. However, they miss the boat that would take them there. So they take a small ferry from where they are to the island they're headed to. Now, the ferry they take is like this little ass boat that's rocking back and forth. I mean, granted, it's movie purposes, right? To add to the effects of like comedy and drama and all of that. But that was my perception of the ferries in Greece. I truly believed that the ferries in Greece were going to be these small little boats where I was going to have to hold on to my suitcases for five hours while this thing rocked us over to another island. It was just the movies because the ferries in Greece, oh my God, they're like cruise ships. They're huge and they like load up cars and people and it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot and it goes by so fast because it's like once those gates open, people are practically fucking running with their luggage to try to get on the damn boat. It was very stressful. But once we got the hang of it, we kind of understood how this process goes, but it was okay. I never thought that I was a type to get nauseous on boats because I've done cruises before, but I guess because I get the alcohol package, I just start drinking the moment I get on. So I don't realize like the motions of a cruise ship. However, cruise ships are way bigger than the ferries I'm describing. I mean, yes, they're big ass boats. They're ba- they're basically cruise ships. But when I saw the difference in size, I was like, oh, cruise ships like Carnival, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, like those cruise ships. Oh my gosh, like 12 times bigger. But these ferries are big no- nonetheless. And they have bars inside and cafes and, you know, snacks to buy and food to eat and things like that. Um, but we finally arrived to Mykonos and we check into our beautiful Airbnb. Now our Airbnb wasn't that far from like the main point of where everything was or is. Um, but the view it gave us, oh my gosh, it gave us the view of the port. So like every morning when I would wake up, I would see ferries rolling in, cruise ships kind of posted up there, like just the view of like the mountains and the houses and the cruise ships and the water. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And here's the thing. When me and Arnaldo were booking our stays for Greece, we both had an agreement of more or less what our budget was going to be. And what we chose was roughly around the 100, 150 range. And trust me, there were other Airbnbs in Mykonos that were to die for and were very expensive. But ironically, we're further away from where we wanted to be. Because at the end of the day, like, something that I always try to keep in mind, especially when we travel, is that where we stay... It's just a place to sleep. Obviously, it needs to be safe. It needs to be convenient. It needs to be comfortable, right? But for the most part, we try not to get too out of hand with like the glitz and glamour of it. Because what time are we really going to spend in the room? You know, like the purpose of us traveling to said location is to explore that location, not to just flex on where we're sleeping at night. But this place... I was like, when I found it on Airbnb.com and saw the price range and kind of did the math, since we were only there for three days, I was like, babe, this is it. (laughs) Like, hello. And what's crazy is that the nicer hotels were like on the other side of Mykonos, which was a little bit further away from like our main point. So we did right. We did right choosing the one that we stood at. And it was absolutely gorgeous. After we checked in, we rented ATVs, which is like super cool because Mykonos is very like hilly, right? There's a lot of hills that go up and down and Mykonos, given like it being like the main uh, center area, like whenever you Pinterest Greece aesthetics and you see like the alleyways with white buildings and white houses and blue like exterior designs and cute little boutique shops and restaurants that have outside seating like you're definitely you're most likely looking at Mykonos like Mykonos is like the main place of that right and luckily from our Airbnb was within like a 20 minute walking distance and 
our Airbnb host was like, listen, you could walk it. It's doable. I don't know if it's something you'd want to walk through at night from where the Airbnb is to where the main road is, but you can rent ATVs, which is what I recommend. We had free parking at our Airbnb place and finding parking by the main center wouldn't be that difficult for us. And it was only an eight minute drive. So we were like, okay, cool. We go to the spot to rent the ATVs and I quickly learned that you can negotiate the prices because on the sheet it said that to rent the ATVs was like a range between 80 to 100 euro a day and we got it for 65 euro a day. I'm sure other places could have charged less. I'm sure we could have negotiated less than that amount but we were grateful that we got 65 and that was what we committed to and It's kind of funny because apparently in Greece, you need a separate license to rent a motor scooter. So like those little Vespa scooters, yeah, you need a separate license. But if you have a driver's license, you can rent either a car or an ATV. And we low-key wanted to do ATVs. It was something that was recommended. It's something that I saw a lot of YouTubers do. So I was like, fuck it, let's just do it for the vibe, right? So we rented the ATVs and they were just awesome to ride through. I mean, every time we went up and down that hill of Mykonos, seeing the view of like the little houses and the water and the cruise ships and the mountains ahead, like, oh my gosh, it's like, I'm not, I mean, thank God Arnaldo's such a good driver because like, I feel like if I were the one driving, I would have been so distracted by everything. I would have probably run us over a fucking cliff. Like that's how gorgeous it was. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There were a few times where I had to tap Arnaldo on the head to focus because I could feel him like rear off a little bit, but man, was the view so spectacular. So we explored Mykonos the first day and it was just awesome. Like I said before, I mean, those tight, small alleyways were just so narrow, but like so romantic at the same time. Just I kept like looking around and just really trying to take it all in because I just couldn't believe I was there. Like, oh, my God, I am here. I am in Mykonos. I am in Greece. Like, who am I? What is my life? I can't believe we made it happen. I'm so grateful for everything. Like, holy shit, like I just could not believe it. But we ate a lot, we drank a lot, I shopped for so many things, I bought so many evil eye jewelry, I have a necklace, two rings, a bracelet, oh my gosh, like I even went inside this little um, like boutique shop and I had a dream, I'm not gonna get into it, but I had a dream of a man with a bull's head And I remember telling my mom about it. I remember telling Arnaldo about it. And I remember I like Googled what that meant. And it was a very positive thing. Um, But even Googling it didn't have a name to what I dreamt of. And when I was walking through Mykonos, I saw a small statue of it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what I dreamt of. I dreamt of that, of, of what this is. And Arnaldo's like, oh, the Minotaur. And I'm like, is that what it's called? And when I looked closely at it, it was like a small figure of a man with muscles with um, like a weapon in his hand. And it was a bull's head with two long horns. And I was like, I dreamt of this. I dreamt of this creature, of this monster, of this person, whatever this beast is. I dreamt of this like, holy shit, I need it. And I had no idea that it was part of like the Greek mythology Or even the fact that he would have his own little figurine at a souvenir shop at that. And he bought it for me. (laughs) And I have him sitting on a shelf with all my crystals because I'm just going to I'm just going to think that it was a positive thing for me to have dreamt of this being. Um, But yeah, that was a cool like moment that I had in Mykonos for sure. But all the restaurants, all of the bars were absolutely amazing. But I will say this Mykonos out of all the places have to have been the most expensive. I mean, Holy shit. Every bar we went to, all the cocktails started at $15 and up. And I know for some people that's like, well, yeah, that's pretty normal. A hundred percent. Of course, that's normal. That's like the prices in Orlando. Like I'm not like completely shocked of those prices. But given that we started in Athens and seeing how cheap like a glass of wine at a restaurant in Athens was easily like five euro, three euro at that. And it was the same when we went to Italy. I mean, Italy... The fucking wine is cheaper than water, you know? So going to Athens and seeing those prices, I guess in my head, I figure it would more or less be the same. So arriving to Mykonos and seeing that jump in prices, I was like, damn, 
damn. But a lot of people sort of warned me about that. They were like, yo, Mykonos is going to be mad expensive. So like, keep that in mind. And so definitely, definitely kept that in mind. But we met so many couples, so many couples on their honeymoon. It was, it was beautiful. Fast forward um, to the day before my birthday, we learned that a lot of the clubs that are in Mykonos close completely after certain dates in October. I guess after November, the whole town basically shuts down. Because Mykonos, Santorini, all those like cute touristy towns in Greece are very seasonal. You know, people typically go there in the summertime when the weather's hot. When it's cold, nobody visits those areas. So they just close down for the season. So it's a completely dead end or not dead end, but like a dead town, if lack of better words. So there was a girl that worked at one of the clubs that basically said, you know, a lot of the clubs that you're considering going to are going to be closed this weekend. And the day we asked those questions were on a Saturday. And we had planned to do a club on the day of my birthday, which had land, which landed on a Monday this year. So she was like, I recommend that you celebrate your birthday maybe tomorrow, given Sunday. So she's like, here are a few places I recommend that are going to be open. They should be great because that'll be the last day they'll be open, blah, 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 blah. So we're like, okay, we'll just keep my birthday pretty chill, but we'll do the whole party scene come Sunday night. So come Sunday night, we were recommended to go to this bar or this club called Beach Paradise, which was one of the uh, beach clubs that were really popular in Mykonos. And so we took the ATV. I wore a cute outfit. I was fucking freezing. That was like another thing. It was so windy and so cold in Mykonos, mainly because, you know, obviously summer's over. We're in October. What the fuck did I expect? I was really hoping that it would be at least a little bit in the 80s. It was definitely in the 70s, but it's okay. So we get to the spot, we park our ATV, we walk in, it's kind of dead, not even going to front, it's fucking dead, but the music was good and we grab a drink at one bar and then we kind of walk to the other side of the club where there was another club. It was kind of interesting because it seemed like it was a giant beach, right, with like three clubs basically side by side from each other. So you would be at one club and then you like walk through like a series of like chairs and tables and restaurants and da, da 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 and then next thing you know you're at a different club with a different DJ with a different bar and different drinks and a different vibe so it was cool that it was all sort of connected because it was like club hopping within like the same area and so when we got to the second area it was so funny because there was like this guy with a microphone and he was like hey where are you guys visiting from and we're like Orlando Florida and he's like shout out to Orlando California <laughs> Me and Arnold are like, close enough. Like, yeah, like, fuck it. We're in Greece. Like, it's all good. It's all love. So we took a few shots and we were dancing, having a great time, and then decided to go back to the first club we started at. So when we get to the other side of the club, Arnaldo has to use the restroom. Now, a lot of the bathrooms in Greece are like unisex, where like, obviously the stalls are separate, but the sink to wash your hands are, is basically all the same. So... We, we used the restroom and when we came back, there was a couple that ran into us and we're like, hey, where are you guys visiting from? And we're like, oh, we're from Florida. Da, 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 da. Where are you visiting from? They're like, oh, from California. We visited. We noticed you both earlier. Um, are you guys celebrating anything? We're like, yeah, it's my birthday. What? Well, technically tomorrow, but we're celebrating it today. She was like, oh, my God. Well, if you guys want, you should come to our VIP. We have a bottle. Like, let's take some shots. Let's have a good time. So at first, Arnaldo was kind of like, yeah, 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 that's cool. And so when we left the restroom, Arnaldo was like, yeah, we're not sitting at their table. I don't know who they are. I don't want them kidnapping you, drugging us and stealing our organs, you know, <laughs> like getting a little bit like paranoid about it. Um, but when we got to the dance floor, they found us and was like, no, literally, like, just come with us, like, come to our VIP. So I looked at Arnaldo and I was like, yo, fuck it. Like, you're mad tall. You're a big guy. You can protect us. Let's just have fun. So we sit at their table, bitch. They had Don Julio 1942. Never in my life have I ever tasted that liquor, that tequila. And for those of you who really know me, know I love tequila. I mean, the way I look when I take tequila shots may not seem like I like tequila, but I like tequila. Okay. I like the way it makes me feel. <laughs> and they literally had that bottle and they were so generous and so nice. They were a young couple. Um, it was, they were both from California, but 
technically from Armenia, beautiful couple. They were celebrating their honeymoon. They literally traveled from Italy all the way down to Greece to, you know, celebrate their honeymoon. They were, they had literally just gotten married like a week before and, or two weeks before because their vacation was literally like three weeks long, which I'm just like, oh, child, to have that kind of money, which is ironic, right? Because I say that and look at me parting with them, you know, but they were just so generous and so nice and just such a good time. Arnaldo got stuck. Well, I want to say stuck, but Arnaldo was, you know, talking to the husband while I was talking to the wife and you know she was just so friendly and so nice like she took pictures of me and Arnaldo and we just danced the night away and then just took shots and you know obviously like I just drank water in between taking of the shots I didn't want to be like oh let's have another but I must have taken like five shots of that Don Julio tequila and let me tell you something five shots of tequila plus all the other drinks I had before getting invited to that table and waking up the next day the way that I did, I mean, I did not have a nasty hangover like I would have had had it been back home. So that says a lot about that tequila. I mean, Don Julio. I mean, I like Don Julio. Like, that's the tequila I choose when I want to take shots of tequila. Either that or Patron or 818. Let's be honest. But that 1942... I understand why it's so expensive now because I'm telling you I woke up the next day obviously not feeling refreshed but feeling like okay I need coffee water to chug an orange juice and a nice breakfast and I'll be normal for the rest of the day like I didn't feel like death like I would have felt had it been any other kind of tequila you know what I mean but we had vibes so well um, that entire night that they invited us back to their hotel room and we were like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? And they're like, yes. Oh, my God. Our room is like the cave. Oh, my gosh. So, you know how like in hotel rooms in Mykonos, like if you're ever on Instagram and you see like those travel videos of people like in Greece with their hotel rooms with the cave pools and they kind of just like swim through a cave and then you see like this beautiful view of the water. You know the ones I'm talking about, right? Bitch, their room was that room. I was like, are you kidding me? They invite us into their room. It's gorgeous. So modern, so fancy. Unfortunately, the wife that I hung with um, was like very sick. Like she was so drunk from like the shot. Because the thing is like when they had invited us, they were already on the second bottle of tequila that they ordered. So homegirl was taking shots even before we joined the party. Um, but yeah, she remembered me. We follow each other on Instagram. It's all love. It's all good. Um, but you know, she ended up hitting the bed pretty early on and, you know, me and Arnaldo felt bad. We were like, are you sure? Like we can leave like, you know, you guys, cause they were checking out the next day and the husband was like, no, 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 please stay. Let's hang out. Let's talk. So we just talked. We swam in the pool, but it was so cold. So I didn't get to do the pool, but Arnaldo got in along with the husband and he ended up ordering room service and we offered to pay. We were like, please let us pay for something. Like you invite us to your room. You fucking buy the most expensive bottle on the damn menu. Like let's, let's pay for these pizzas at least. And he's like, no, 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 you're my guest. Like, you know, you stay here. And um, it was just, it was great. It was such a cool vibe. I really loved them as a couple. They were such good, genuine people. Like, it was just so nice. Like, they were just so freaking nice. And I gave the husband a hug. I gave the wife a hug. Uh, forgive me for not saying their names. I don't, you know, I don't know if they would want me to, like, say, because if I say their names, you're going to find them on Instagram. And I just, you know, maybe for just for personal, private reasons. Um, but, uh, but they were just so friendly. And yeah we ended up leaving like literally like around four in the morning like we basically were riding back to our airbnb with the sun coming up but it was still so beautiful and so awesome just so grateful for the whole experience the next day was officially my 30th birthday and it was just awesome like the whole first half of my day was just like taking pictures and shopping and bar hopping and eating good seafood and just taking it all in and then we made it back to the Airbnb and took like a four-hour nap because we were just so exhausted from the night before and then we wake up like around 10 o'clock at night and I was like I want to get dressed I want to look cute I want to take more pictures and I want to have a drink so we ended up getting dressed Arnaldo took fabulous photos of me which I have pinned on my Instagram profile so it's the one where I'm wearing the long sleeves white dress your girl felt very pretty, very grown, very sexy. 
and yeah we just took pictures we got some gyros we just ate quick food and then just started like bar hopping once again and we ended up meeting another couple who was on their honeymoon they bought us a round of shots they were from Utah and they too were just so awesome like the wife was so nice and friendly and like again we follow each other on Instagram now she showed me pictures of her wedding and her ring and it was just amazing like everything about it was just absolutely perfect and I love Mykonos vibe I love everything about it like guys I will go back in a heartbeat like I loved Greece like Greece was literally everything I would have ever hoped dreamed imagined it would be and even like that I went at a time where it was during slow season like off season basically because I guess when it's like really popping is during the summertime but I'm going to be very honest with you I work at a restaurant right and I feel like I say that all the time but I work when it's busy because when it's busy I make the most money so I always work on a Saturday night I always work during spring break I always work during Christmas time like I'm always working when hospitality industry is at its highest right so when I travel or go out to eat it's always like on a slow time like I'm always eating at restaurants like on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or if I go on vacations I go on vacations when at like after busy season has already passed so hotels are a little bit cheaper flights are a little bit cheaper like places aren't as crowded and I've gotten used to that to the point that now it gives me low-key anxiety when I'm like in crowded places like I don't like it when it's too busy like when I check into a hotel and it's empty I'm fucking thriving because I get to be myself I can take photos I can do Instagram reels I can be goofy I can just be myself I can record I can vlog I can FaceTime with whoever I want and just be my like it's just I feel more comfortable when it's crowded, I don't want to vlog. I don't really, I take pictures, but I'm kind of quick about it because I don't want people staring at me, which is kind of ironic because, you know, here I am posting, posting on Instagram, having a podcast, having a YouTube. I'm basically screaming. I want attention, <laughs> right? But it's just different when I travel. I'm just like, eh, I would rather not, you know? So it's just, I love that I came during slow season because I feel like I've been able to just enjoy everything more. Like, Mykonos and Santorini and like all those other places in Greece are typically much crowded like way more crowded during the busy seasons and I don't think I would have been able to enjoy it as much as I did given now that it was definitely like less crowded with less people so even though it wasn't as like lively it was still nice because like no matter what bar we went to I was able to sit where I wanted to sit or get a viewpoint that I wanted to see or take a picture at a place where no one was going to be in my photograph like I feel like every picture I, I took there you could barely see people like obviously you see people in the background but it, it's not like oh let's let's wait five minutes before like for this space to clear out for the two seconds I'm going to take a photo hoping that it's a good one at least you know what I mean but yeah that was my birthday and it was absolutely fabulous if you're wondering how I feel about turning 30, I feel great. I feel like when I turned 29, I think after a few months, I already felt like I was 30. Like I almost couldn't wait to be 30. And I think like after I had turned 28, something in me clicked and I started to understand and feel more like me and my purpose and what I wanted to do with my life and what kind of woman I wanted to be and what kind of goals I wanted to accomplish and just what kind of life I wanted to live. I feel like all of that clicked when I turned 28 and having that epiphany, I guess, or that revelation during that time made me so excited for the future that turning 30 felt like I was truly entering a new chapter where I knew exactly what I wanted in life and it makes me more excited for the future. I feel like I feel more excited turning 30 and what the rest of my life looks like now than I did when I turned 21 you know when I turned 21 or just when I turned 20 at that I remember just feeling like excited for my 20s because they always say like your 20s are the best because that's when you get to make mistakes and learn from them and you know like you know this is your time to really experience life and enjoy life but when I tell you my 20s was the most confusing time of my life, 
oh my gosh, I'm just so happy that I'm out of it. Whoever said that your 20s are the best years of your life are fucking lying to you. Like, I'm telling you that right now. Like, and I'm, and you, and you know, and there are people that reach 30 that still don't know their purpose and still don't know what they want to do with their life. And that's still okay. You know, that's still okay. But for me, my 20s was fucking miserable. I hated my 20s. Like, I'm grateful for them, no less. But turning 30 in this complete different mindset is so rewarding that I am truly excited. Like, when someone asks me, how old am I? I am happy to say that I'm 30. Like, I just, I feel so grown and so, like, within myself. Like, I feel so grounded with who I am that it's truly, like, an amazing feeling. Like, I am not afraid to get older, you know? Like, granted, like, I don't feel, like, internally, I don't feel like an old lady. And I know that if I were to meet someone who's in their early 20s, I know the perception might be a little bit different. Because, like, for example, like, when I had went out to the club uh, the day before my birthday and I met the married couple um, from California that invited us to their VIP, the wife was 25 and her husband, I think, was like 30. So we had not talked about age up until that point because she had asked me how old I was. And I'm not going to lie. There was like a brief moment in me where I was like, duh. Do I tell her? And it wasn't because I felt insecure about being 30. It was because of that perception. I just didn't want her to think that because I know that for some people, they think 30 is old. And I didn't want her to feel like, oh, great. I just invited a 30 year old to my VIP. Like in my head, I kind of got into my head, but I still said it. I was like, I'm 30. You know, I just turned 30 officially at midnight. Um, I was like, I know that might come off as old to you. And she's like, no, my best friends are older than me. I'm so close to my family and they're all older than me. She was like, no, not even like, I love that. And you look great for 30. I would never even guess that I thought we were the same age. You know, she was just so friendly and nice about it. And, you know, but and I so I have to admit, like, there is a little part of me of that perception, like, you know, because I don't think that 30 is old. But I know for some people in their early 20s might think that way. And I'm not really sure how that's going to that how that reaction is going to make me feel from here on out. But me internally with who I am, I feel good about being 30, you know. But I thought about doing like a podcast of like the 30 things I've learned in the 30 years of this life. But honestly, guys, one big lesson that I've learned is like when I was in my early 20s, I remember people would tell me all the time, like, you know, your 20s are where you make your mistakes and, and, you know, you learn from them. But then it was a lot of, you know, if I knew if if I knew what I know now, I would be at a different place than I, you know. And the thing is, like when I would hear people say things like that, I just wanted to know everything. I wanted to learn everything. And I just didn't want to make the wrong choice. I was afraid of like making the wrong decision in my 20s that would set the tone for the rest of my life. And that meant moving in with boyfriends, getting pregnant, getting married, you know, just taking leaps of risks that I was afraid that would really change my life and I mean and that even goes beyond that that goes you know moving out of my mom's house moving into a different state you know there were a lot of things that I wanted to do but I was too afraid to do or things that I could have done differently but I didn't and I'm so grateful that I didn't you know in my 20s there was a time where I was afraid of making the wrong choice that I didn't make any real choices at all And it paralyzed me for years because I was in a rut. I was stuck in a cycle and it was really hard to break out of that cycle. And I'm so grateful that I eventually did. And I didn't start making those choices until I was about 27, 28. And that's eight years into my 20s where I could have made big decisions, but I didn't. And I'm so grateful that I didn't because look at where it has got me. Look at where it has led me. You know, I'm 30 years old with no kids, no degree yet. And let me tell you, that is still a blessing that I don't have a degree yet. Because had I decided what I wanted to study and stuck to by the age of 21, graduated with a degree, let's say I would have pursued a career in said degree for X amount of years, I would have felt stuck in a career that might have not made me feel so fulfilled. 
I probably would have been in a job that would have not allowed me to travel the way that I've been able to the past 10 years, or even have the creative outlet that I have because I probably would have been restricted from doing so. I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, I get to create content however I like. I'm still very careful on the things I choose to post, but I still have that creative freedom. Had I chosen differently in my earlier 20s, I would have not been able to do that. And because I waited and I still had a trial and error during my academic career, I'm at a place now where I feel very confident in in the degree that I'm pursuing. So that's still a blessing that I've waited this long to have a degree because now since I know who I am and what I want, I can pursue my career with a degree that I do feel passionate about instead of doing it near 10 years ago and may not feel the same way I do now. We're constantly changing. Who we are when we are 16 years old is now who we are when we're 18 years old, 18 years old versus 21, 25, 28, 30. You know, my God, my mind had changed so many times when I was in my 20s. But nonetheless, because before I go on a whole spiral and tangent, I'm very grateful for the mistakes and choices I have made. And that's all I'm really going to say about how I feel about turning 30. I'm not going to go into a lecture, even though I probably just did. But that's truly how I feel. Mykonos was absolutely amazing. My birthday was on the 10th. And on the 11th is when we got on a ferry to head over to Santorini, Greece. Now, my friends, I know this episode is a long one, as intended, because I really wanted to get into the big details of that trip. But my friends, I'm going to have to cut this episode short. Well, not short, because it's kind of fucking long. But I'm going to cut it here and tell you the rest on a part two of my Greece trip. So make sure that you stay tuned for next week's episode on Monday. New episodes every Monday is on the podcast, of course. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Head over to my Instagram account so you can go ahead and see all the highlights of my trip. You're probably going to have an idea of what I'm going to talk about on my next episode. I'll give you a hint. Wedding bells. All right, my friends. Well, I love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. Follow my YouTube channel. There will be a vlog coming up very soon, very shortly. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I love you all so much. Thanks again for listening in and I'll see you next time. Thank you.